0: Let's take our Bibles for just a few minutes tonight and turn over to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. It's an interesting passage of Scripture because Jesus is in the middle of dealing with some difficult questions that were brought to Him. There were lots of multitudes that were following Him and Pharisees began to question Him about different things concerning divorce and remarriage. His disciples had some questions about all of that. So Jesus is dealing with some really deep issues, some some sticky issues, if you will, that people might struggle to find answers with or have lots of problems with. And in the middle of all of that, some parents were trying to bring their children to Jesus so that he could pray for them and bless them. And when these parents were bringing their children to Jesus in the middle of Jesus' teaching on this really important topic that the adults were really interested in, the disciples saw these parents bringing their children up to Jesus and said, no, no, go away, go away. Don't bring him to Jesus right now. Can't you see? He's busy. And Jesus has a very interesting response. Let's look at Matthew 19. Verse 13, the Bible says, But then were there brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. That means they said, No, go away. But Jesus said, Suffer, little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says in verse 15, and he laid his hands on them and departed thence. I think we can see in Jesus' actions here in the middle of teaching on a very important topic. Right, We need to know what God thinks about these spiritual and physical issues that people go through. But in the middle of all that, Jesus showed that children are valuable to Jesus. Children are valuable to Jesus Jesus said back in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 5 But whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. Children are valuable to Jesus. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of of the sea those are strong words from jesus aren't they it would be better to have this person die through drowning by being pulled to the bottom of the ocean with a millstone around their neck than to offend one little child children are valuable to jesus but i think we can see in the world around us that people often misunderstand the value of a child I know as a parent, sometimes children can be intense. They're energetic. We saw them up here tonight. I leaned up to Marco. I said, don't you wish you had as much energy as a cubby? (laughs) Like, that's awesome. They're, They're excited. They get energetic about things. They also are fearful at times. They have doubts. And sometimes they don't want to get on the stage. And they're not sure what's going on. And they're trying to figure things out. Sometimes in our society, children can be something like, well, children are going to keep you from having the career that you want to have. Parents can say, well, let me have somebody else take care of my children. I've even heard people in our society today say, well, I don't want to ever have children because they're going to keep me from accomplishing what I want to be able to accomplish. But I think we see in the example of Jesus Christ that children are valuable to the Lord and I'm so thankful for the children that God has given to our church we understand that the value of a child is not just an arbitrary value that you or I make up I mean you might look at your children and say well these kids are valuable to me because they're mine but those kids over there ah, they're they're frustrating take them away but no the value of a child is not determined by me it's determined by God The psalmist wrote in Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. Do you know what that means? It means the children you have, you have them because God gave them to you. So ultimately, they're not my kids. Whose kids are they? They're His. They're a gift from God that God has entrusted us with. The Bible says the fruit of the womb is his reward it's his reward in our society today we hear terms turn around like unwanted pregnancies this child is getting in the way of me accomplishing what i want to accomplish no a child is a gift from god and we praise god for that you see children are a gift from god to me so that i can give them back to him the example of course, is in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 and 28. There was this mother. Well, she wasn't a mother at the time. There was a lady named Hannah. And Hannah desired a child. In fact, the other woman that was married to her husband, yeah, it was a pretty messed up situation. This man had two wives. The other woman had children, but Hannah had none. And she was very sorrowful about this. She was very sad, and she cried out to God. She prayed. And God blessed her, and God gave her a child. And Hannah said in 1 Samuel 1, verse 27, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. So where do children come from? They come from God. They're a gift from the Lord. Children are valuable because God has given them to us. And I love what Hannah says in verse 28, Therefore also... I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he, talking about Samuel, her son, he worshiped the Lord there. Hey, boys and girls, you're a gift from God to your parents. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That God trusted your mom and dad enough to give you to them. Did you know, boys and girls, God uses you to teach us parents a lot of stuff? God uses children to teach parents what it means to rely on God and not on yourself. God uses children to teach parents that parents need to go to God to find answers for questions. Because I've found with the boys and girls, the boys and girl that live in my house, sometimes they ask really big, hard questions. And praise God, we have the word of God to be able to answer those questions. Children are valuable to Jesus, but they're not just ours to hang on to. They are ours to be able to point back to the Lord. Parents, grandparents, isn't it encouraging? to See all these boys and girls learning their Bible verses up here. They've been working on it all year. Probably maybe if your house is like mine, there maybe even has been a few tears along the way. A little bit of frustration, a little bit of, oh, we're never gonna get this done. Why are we encouraging them to do this? Why? Because children are valuable and because children need to know the truth. Because the truth, as Jesus says, will set you free. The truth is what these boys and girls will need to be able to navigate the culture that we live in today. I've heard others say, well, I don't know as as an adult how I could even bring a child into this world we live in today. It's a messed up place, isn't it? people around us doing despicable things to children So how can i bring a child into this well the only way you can is if you acknowledge i think and do it with a good conscience is acknowledge this child comes from the lord and this child is a gift from god that i get to give back to god Someday children are valuable to Jesus in the example here in Matthew chapter 19 as Jesus invited these children to come to him. He's giving us an example of how we have to come to Jesus. Come as a child to Jesus. Go back to Matthew 19. Jesus said in verse 14, suffer little children and forbid them not. And then this phrase is interesting for of such is the kingdom of heaven what's Jesus referring to well if you are going to enter the kingdom of heaven if you're going to come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ you have to come as a child that's what he's talking about he said well I'm not a child anymore well how does a child come child comes in great dependence the dependence of a child is a picture of our dependence on Jesus The Bible says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. Why does he say that? Because a rich man trusts in what? His riches. What he has. A child doesn't have a whole lot to trust in. In fact, they are completely dependent upon their parents. They're dependent upon others to give them food, to provide clothing, to provide shelter. Jesus is giving us a picture here that if you would be a part of this kingdom, then you have to come as a child. The problem for a lot of us as we grow older, we become more self-dependent. We become more self-sufficient. We trust in our ability, our knowledge, our resources, the things that we have gained through experience. Don't tell me what to do. I'll take care of myself we carry that attitude and that attitude keeps us from walking in the light. That attitude keeps us from dependence upon the Lord. Jesus says, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Peter used the picture of a child in the relationship with God when he said in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, he said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You all know when a newborn baby's getting hungry. Why? Because they get fussy. They get fussy. What's wrong with you? Stop crying. No, that won't fix the fussiness. What do they need? They need food. They're ready to eat. It's time for some milk. The Bible tells us that we, like a child desires milk, ought to desire the Word of God. Because it's how we grow. See, we come to God in independence. I think we see as well the faith of a child is required to come to Jesus. You can't come trusting in your own ability. You can't come trusting in what someone else might have told you. The only thing you can come in is faith in Jesus Christ. Every dad probably loves wrestling around with his kids and Maybe you've seen the meme. I saw it a few years ago where the dad's throwing the baby up in the air and he's catching it. And he's saying, this is what dad sees. And it's like the baby's about here. And then then the next picture is, this is what mom sees. And the baby's like 15 feet in the air. And the dad's about to catch it on the way down. I don't know, dads. If you're like me, you like to toss your kids up in the air when they're little and catch them. My kids are getting big enough. It's tougher and tougher to toss them up in the air. I haven't dropped one of them yet. But you know, when you're doing that, you're expecting your child to trust you, aren't you? I mean, I'll be honest. If tonight we were to get even a bunch of the men up here and I was to take a running start and just leap off the platform, I wouldn't trust you guys to catch me. They'd probably look at me and be like, let him fall. Let him go, right? Let him crash. Let him go down. But a child has faith that her dad will catch him. That his mom will provide for him. That the adults in his life, his grandparents, aunts and uncles, love him. The faith of a child is required to come to Jesus. Jesus here, back in his statement in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13, he said, Suffer little children and forbid them not. That word to suffer is the idea here of allowing or letting the children come. And he says, don't forbid them, forbid them not. I was thinking about this. What kind of things do we do that keep children from following Jesus? What kind of things do you allow in your house that keep children from following Jesus? Hey, mom, dad, it's really important the way that you present yourself around your house, the way you talk to each other, the way you treat other people. Yeah, even the way you drive down the road and what you say about those other drivers that aren't always driving the way you want them to do. Why? Because we don't want to keep our children from Jesus. We want to bring them to Jesus. Hey, mom and dad, we carry a great responsibility. The scripture also says in Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm afraid... There are many parents who are keeping their children from Jesus. We keep our children from Jesus when we don't live out a Christ-like attitude in our home. We keep our children from Jesus when we don't live a consistent Christian walk in front of our children. Hey, you know this to be true. Your children are more likely to do what you do than they are to do what you tell them to do. We are really good at modeling other people's behavior better than we are at listening to what they say and trying to translate that into our own behavior. And that's why I believe we see in this passage there's an invitation that we ought to be inviting others to Jesus. We ought to be inviting children to Jesus, right? Forbid them not. No. Suffer children to come. Bring them in. Forbid them not to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. Don't let your personal agenda keep others from Jesus. Sometimes we lose focus on the priority. If we're trying to bring our children to Jesus, let's not let the crazy stuff of this world distract us from the main thing. Bringing children to Jesus and by children here, I would say it's not just little boys and girls. It's any person who will come by faith to Jesus. Let's not turn them away through our own personal agendas or our own personal preferences. Often we exchange what is good or we take what's best and exchange it for what, is, what we think is okay. There's a story, true story. Our family listened to um, a biography of a man by the name of George Mueller. Maybe you've heard of George Mueller. He uh, was well known um, uh, a hundred, couple hundred years ago, and uh, he started a number of orphanages in England. See, George Mueller, when he was growing up, he didn't love God. In fact, he made fun of Christians. He was sent to school to be a pastor, but it wasn't because he was called to be a pastor. He wasn't even a believer. It was just in those days, you could make pretty good money being a pastor. So if you could get enough education, you could get hired to be a pastor somewhere. And so he was in school, and one night, some of the students from his school invited him to a Bible study. So he decided to go with his friends. He thought, if nothing else, I can make fun of these Christians. But as he went to that bible study that night he heard the bible and he saw people who actually loved god and loved the bible and after a while george Mueller trusted christ as his savior he ended up moving to a small town and becoming the pastor of a small church now in those days in england he the church was able to pay him a good salary But you know where they got the money from it was from renting the pews in the church to people so the closer to the front you were the more the pew cost to rent it's kind of a different culture in that day today we'd charge more for the back rows because those seem to be more popular but in those days it was popular to sit up front because people wanted to be seen they wanted everybody to know they were in church. They were upstanding people, and so they wanted to be right down front. And they would pay money to rent their seat. Poor members had to sit in the cheap seats in the back. That's where that phrase comes from. But George Mueller told the church that they would have to stop this if he wanted them to be their pa- he wanted if they wanted him to be their pastor. Even then, he. after a while, he began to look around on the streets, around, and he saw in England in that day there were children everywhere who had no mother or father. Their parents had died from sickness, or maybe they were so poor that they couldn't afford to provide food for their kids, and these children were growing up in the streets. The streets were full of these orphans, and nobody cared about them. So George decided that he would do something about it. He prayed and he asked God to provide and he found this old building and he got it set up to be an orphanage. God provided the building. God provided money to put furniture in the building. He provided everything that was needed, food and clothing, and the needs of the orphanage were met each day. When it started, it was just a handful of children, but it grew and grew and grew until eventually he was taking care of over 10,000 orphans. And you know how he provided for all 10,000 orphans? He never once went out and raised money. He never once asked anybody for anything except the Lord. He prayed. He prayed. There were days in fact where they woke up in the morning and the cook came to George Mueller and she said, George, there's no food for the children, but we need to feed them breakfast. And he would say, that's okay. Get the children dressed, bring them down to breakfast, have them sit at the table, and I will pray. And they would pray, and over and over, they saw God provide. He provided milk and bread and other things that they needed to take care of these children. Sometimes people would send money. Sometimes they would send supplies. But either way, Even if it felt like it was at the last minute, God always provided. When each child became old enough to live on his own, George would pray with him and he would put a Bible in his right hand and he would put a coin in his left hand. And he would tell this young person, he would say, if you will hold on to what is in your right hand, the Bible, then God will always make sure that there's something in your left hand as well. That's a pretty good statement. Here was a man who lived by prayer, but he lived for the Lord by taking care of boys and girls. Boys and girls who had nobody else to depend on. God used him in a tremendous way. Many thousands of children were taken care of, but many thousands of them trusted Christ and followed Him. In fact, we we read that when George Mueller died, they shut down the whole city. And children, little ones all the way to grown people who had been children's orphanages, lined the streets everywhere you went. The whole city shut down as people stood to honor George Mueller and wait as his casket passed by. This was a man who made a great impact. Why? Well, because he loved the Lord but also because he loved children he understood that boys and girls are valuable they're valuable not because they come from wealthy families not because they have great education not because anybody else cares about them they're valuable because they're made in the image of god and because god has a plan for them and because of their great value he wanted to take care of these children and point them to jesus And in so doing, George Mueller had a tremendous impact. I look at our church right now, and I look at all these boys and girls up here, and I think, what could God do with all of this potential that's up here? All of these children who have hid God's Word in their hearts, that are being raised in homes where there's no perfect parents here. I know that, because I'm not one either. But they're being raised by parents who are at least trying to Point their children to Jesus. And mom and dad, I want to encourage you stay faithful. I know you get tired. I know you get short-tempered at times, but give it to the Lord. God's given you a treasure in your child. And God's given you a great opportunity to be able to bring that child to Jesus and to encourage them as they continue to walk with Him. Would you join me in prayer as we... Ask the Lord to bless our children and to bless our parents and grandparents and all those here who love boys and girls and want to point them to Jesus. And may we have the same attitude as Christ did when he said, let the children come. Father, we love you and we thank you for the gift that you have given to Arise Baptist Church of many boys and girls it's amazing to see some of these ones who are now joining the cubbies who I remember when they were first born. Lord, and in a few more years, some of these that are in the cubbies will be in the Sparks and TNT. Some of these in, that have been in TNT are now in the youth group. Lord, and if we stay at this long enough, there will be, it won't be long before some who were in the youth group will be married and having children of their own, and the process will repeat itself. Lord, help us not to grow weary in well-doing. Help us to focus on pointing our children to Jesus. Lord, You've given us a tremendous gift and a tremendous opportunity. May we not waste it, cast it aside, or even get frustrated by it. But Help us to trust You and walk with You each day. Lord, we praise you for all the good work that was done in Awana this past year. And we look forward to coming years. But I pray now for these boys and girls and for their parents and family and friends that are here tonight, that you'd encourage them as they go to walk in truth, to walk in obedience to your word. You've given us your word. And so you said, to whom much is given, much is required. May we live faithfully. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.